Please be advised, nothing in this podcast should be taken as therapy, medical care, or mental health care advice. Topics discussed by the host and guests reflect their own personal experiences and are not intended to replace the services of medical or mental health professionals. And please know, if you are having any thoughts of self-harm or taking your own life, please call or text 988. Help is available 24-7. No matter what, in this journey of life, we all have something. Something we're going through, something we've been through, or maybe something we're proud of, something we're grateful for. I'm Rick Schwartz, life coach, public speaker, and all-around curious guy. And my life and my curiosity and the lives of the many people I have worked with have taught me time and time again, there are challenges to overcome and there are successes to celebrate. And honestly, neither one of them are permanent. You're listening to We All Have Something, a podcast about the human experience, about embracing what we have been through, where we are, and where we want to go. A podcast about celebrating our authentic self. And I am so glad you're here with me because we're going to laugh together, we're going to cry, and in the end, we will be the better for it. So let's get started. Welcome to episode eight of We All Have Something. Personally, I'm pretty excited to see how this episode's going to turn out. And not necessarily because of the topic, but because of outside factors. And I literally mean outside. Right now, the trash truck, which is normally here early in the morning to pick up the trash, is here late in the evening because they had some sort of scheduling issue. Neighbors are doing some construction. And I mean, if we're going to be honest, the way things are stacking up here, we'll probably have a helicopter fly over here shortly. So that being said, let's jump into today's topic, which this kind of sort of plays into in the sense of being prepared for when things don't go as planned or being prepared more specifically for personal crisis. This stems from a video I put out back in December that generated a little more interest than most of my videos. And the interest was shown. I was getting some emails and direct messages. The video itself is titled Major Life Crisis, How to Prepare. Now, I don't want to say that you can easily prepare for a major life crisis. It's not a simple five-minute YouTube video. The idea behind the video was to encourage people to look at where they are in life now. If you are not in the middle of dealing with something that would qualify as a personal life crisis, then, you know, and and that measuring stick is different for everybody. But essentially, if you can look around and feel like your life right now is not in troubled waters, you have some grasp of the day-to-day routine, you don't feel that you're overwhelmed with something going on, then that's the time you need to really take a moment to evaluate how you can better handle or manage life when a crisis does occur. It's no different than when you were, you know, in elementary school. Uh, If you went to school here in the U.S., uh, there's fire drills. Or if you're in California, you have earthquake drills. It is to practice and sort of get an idea of what the things are to behave safely in this emergency situation that'll better increase the odds of you staying safe during this emergency situation. Another analogy that I use is is changing a tire. If you've never changed a tire before and you get a flat tire, it can be very overwhelming. Now, it's not the end of the world. Your car still works. You just need to change the tire. But if you've never changed a tire before, you may not even know if you have a spare tire in your car. Where's the jack? How do you get the lug nuts off? Where are the lug nuts underneath the hubcap? 
all of that. But if you've done this before, if you've changed the tire two, three, four times before, then you know where everything is and you know the steps and you can do it quite easily. And it changes this from being an overwhelming, oh my gosh, what do I do sensation to, oh, this is very inconvenient. And then you can do it, change it, and move on with your life. That being said, please do not think that I am comparing a crisis and the complexity complexity of a crisis to changing a tire. It's just simply an analogy to get you to understand why this is an important practice to get into. This is something worth doing. It is worth sitting down with yourself and reflecting on crises or a crisis that you have dealt with in the past and reflecting on how it went, what you did, what made you feel better, helped you move through the process versus what didn't or who didn't or whatever the case may be, what hindered you getting through this process. The, the reality is life is going to offer up more than one crisis in your time. The experience of life is a great analogy to, to jump on more analogies here. It's like the ocean. It is could be very serene with beautiful, soft rolling waves. It can be very challenging and difficult to deal with. There can be storms that are quite horrific that come up and overturn your boat. Uh, there can be beautiful, beautiful sunsets or sunrises to look at, and there can be vast open space that can almost feel overwhelming. The list of comparisons goes on and on with this analogy, and life is very much like that. You are going to have the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, and that <laughs> the reality is in the middle of a crisis, you're going to have ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And it is worth reflecting back to how you handled it, how it felt, what worked, who was there to support you, or who was there that tried to support you, but it didn't match with what you needed. Can you better identify what it is you would have preferred to have as support? The, the challenges often in the middle of a crisis, because when we're in crisis mode, our body is doing very similar things that it would do in that fight or flight mode. When the chemicals start pouring in that you believe your life is in danger, then the way you can survive whatever it is you believe is causing danger so we'll use the analogy of a predator trying to hunt you, a cave bear you know, from your paleolithic self. Those are all very systematic processes that occur. And the reason these hormones happen, the reason these adrenaline uh, releases occur, is so you can survive. But when you're in a crisis that is affecting your thought process, that maybe you yourself are not in an actual life or death situation, but the stress and the mental energy that you have around it. You know, if this is a, a, a really hard breakup, a divorce, where you're having to divide communal property or an illness like what I went through, or uh, maybe your partner, you know, was cheating on you, or maybe there's been a death and a sudden death in the family that has upset things. Maybe you've gotten laid off or there's something going on at work that is, has put you in this crisis mode whatever version it may be, your brain is going to go into that fight or flight mode for survival purposes, which means your focus is going to become very narrowed. Your ability to creatively think of uh, problem solving narrows. Because if you have too many things to think about when you're being chased by a cave bear, while you're sitting there trying to analyze all your options, the bear's going to eat you. 
So your brain says, nope, you've got to pick A or B right now, go. That's it. One, or, one of two choices, and you've got to make that decision now. That is so you can survive. You have fewer options. You make quicker decisions. You don't even have to sometimes think about it. Your body just responds. When we're dealing with a crisis, let's say it's, again, it's a work-related thing or a relationship-related thing or, or whatever, where your mind has created the situation in your body to narrow for survival purposes, the truth of the matter is you do need to be able to pull back to look at other options outside of the narrow vision your brain has given you. But that's really hard to do. You're, you're trying to push back on what your body's chemical makeup is trying to do. No, no, you got to survive. you got to survive this. One of the big steps for this process is now, when you're not in crisis mode, map out who are the people I can lean on? Who are the people that I can go to? Do you have a therapist or a coach? If not, who would you want to select or, or call up or email in the, in the crisis? Who would you want to have on deck for you that is ready to step in and support you through this? Is it a family member, a friend? a professional. You also want to consider too, how much do I want to share with those that I work with when I'm going through a crisis? In some workplaces, that might be a risk. In other work environments, it might be an asset to have those that you know you can count on and they're there for you. But these are things you want to think about now so you don't trip up and make more challenges for yourself in the future. Another success for dealing with crisis, of course, is being able to mentally start to break things up. Some people call this the the building of fences, some people call this putting them in boxes, whatever you want to, whatever analogy you want to go with. It's the idea is that you can kind of fence off where is the actual crisis versus where is the rest of my life. Or the other analogy, I have a box for work, I have a box for family, I've got a box for personal time, you know, whatever the, all these boxes and these shelves, where does the crisis fit in or is it maybe need two of these boxes? The exercise that is offered up in doing that and being able to have the mental wherewithal to do that is it allows you to still manage the rest of your life to a certain degree while also dealing with this crisis. The other part of it, too, is to remind yourself to have patience. Too often when we're in crisis, again, because we're going back to that fight or flight mentality that comes in, that, you know, again, you're not thinking necessarily, my brain is in this sort of fight or flight situation. I have to, I'm dealing with these. Paleolithic powers of mine, you're you're just trying to go through each day. And we sometimes start to beat ourselves up for not performing at our best at work or for not being completely present for our loved ones when dealing with crisis or whatever it may be. Be patient with yourself. These are things you need to think about now. These are things you should have in a journal. If you, if you keep a journal, write this out as like, yeah, here's my go-to, <laughs> my outline of things to consider when I'm in crisis. These things can help, and it's worth evaluating and looking at now. The, the, the fact that we sometimes find ourselves muddling through life is what sometimes makes it more challenging. I'm not saying that you need to strategically plan everything in your life, but as someone who's worked with people who are dealing with crisis or a crisis has gone undealt with for so long, it's now become a major <laughs> sort of the sun of their life. Everything else revolves, revolves around it. They can't touch it, but it's there and everything else revolves around it because it was never dealt with. The idea behind this exercise 
is not to tell you you need to overplan or be prepared for all the things so much as to give you the ability to take the tools that you already have and apply them to what might be coming down in the future so you can better move forward and manage these things. Part of managing dealing with a crisis is enjoy the rainbow of feelings. (laughs) You are going to have a full spectrum of emotions when it comes to dealing with these kind of crises. You're going to have frustration. You're going to have anger. You're going to have sadness. All of them. And you know this if you've been through a crisis before. You know you can reflect back right now and go, oh yeah, the F word and screaming at the top of my lungs was my favorite word for about two weeks. <laughs> you know, Because I was so mad and frustrated. Or, oh yeah, I, I went through at least two Costco cases of, of t- tissue because uh, crying was my go-to emotion. I was just couldn't stop crying. Whatever it may have been or is, reflecting back on those things now will help your future self because you know, oh, this is my process. It's okay to feel these feelings. It's okay to be there. Now, I will be the first to tell you, you absolutely must embrace your emotions. Just be conscious not to get stuck there. Don't get stuck in those compounded emotions that are, are just, well, they're, they're emotions in response to a crisis. It's when you get stuck there is when now you might have challenges that go beyond just dealing with the crisis. That is important to know. Equally as important, in the moment of feeling your emotions, don't worry about it. If the crisis is only a few weeks old, don't worry about it. If it's only a couple months old, don't worry about it. Your emotions are legitimate. Have them, embrace them. It is what it is. You do, however, have to deal with the other components of life. Is there a way that you can defer the emotions at times to deal with other things you have to deal with? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. And that's, again, where you need to ask for help. And again, why we talk about these things now before the crisis. Because if you have the awareness before a crisis, yeah, I'm pretty much going to be a mess for four weeks. That's, that's it. Then when these things occur, you have a little more knowledge, a little more perspective on how you're going to work through this. So you can tell work, tell your spouse, tell whomever. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be gone for the next four weeks because I got to deal with this. The other thing that a lot of us prefer too is, hey, when I'm at work, I'm at work and I only want to talk about work stuff. Set some boundaries. Think about the boundaries you set during your last crisis or you didn't and you wish you had. Setting boundaries is going to be very important because a lot of people in your life probably care about you and what you're going through and they want to console you or check in with you and let you know that they're there. But for you, maybe while you're at that nine to five job or or at work, whatever capacity, you'd rather just sink yourself into work and be distracted from the crisis at hand and then be able to just do your thing and not discuss it. Set some boundaries. Hey, I appreciate you asking. I really do. But I just need to focus on work right now. Let's touch base later. And then when you're ready, come back to that person. It's okay to do that. What's not okay is continuously push everyone away and not deal with or talk about what your emotions are with somebody somewhere. You see the difference there. You see the contrast. 
You need to take care of yourself. Processing your feelings is a lot of work. You need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. The challenge, of course, that shows up is when you're processing, dealing with feelings that are a lot of work, it's hard then to also spend energy on eating right, taking care of yourself, sleeping, maintaining routines that allow you to feel some sort of normalcy in your life. But this is an important step. So again, think back to your crisis that you had in the past or one that maybe you haven't had, but you think could, could come up. What would be one you could think of? How would you do that? How would you maintain taking care of yourself? Would you be able to seek help from others? Would you be able to set those boundaries? These are all very important things to consider when you want to start preparing yourself to better make your way through the next crisis with a little bit of grace. And speaking of having a little bit of grace, we're going to take a little break here for our sponsor. And after the commercial, we'll come back and talk a little more about not only recognizing that we can survive what we've been through, but also some steps then to help us a little further on the road to recovery from a crisis. Today's episode of We All Have Something is brought to you by What's Holding You Back. It's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. What do you want to do with your life but tell yourself you can't because that's not who you are? For example, you might tell yourself, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. Hey, guess what? No author was ever born with a published book in their hand. They had to start somewhere, and they started by not saying they weren't a writer. Stop convincing yourself of the things that you aren't. Once you stop convincing yourself of what you aren't, you will allow yourself to grow into the person you have always wanted to be. Now, back to the program. We've been talking a lot about preparing for, reflecting back on, and trying to better understand ourselves when dealing with a crisis. Some moments of honesty here, though. I I don't think we can sugarcoat this, and I don't think we should. The reality is, when I've been through moments of crisis, I can tell you when dealing with it, when, when in the middle of it, it can feel like you have sunk into this sort of this pit, this this moment of abyss. And at the same time, also feel like you're being tossed around in this, this storm in the middle of the ocean where there doesn't look to be any land or help in sight as you're getting constantly pushed and pulled at the same time. And in the middle of all of that, you'll undoubtedly have somebody in your life say, it's going to get better. You will get through this. You can't even in the moment acknowledge that you know it's going to get better. You know you will get through this. You will survive this crisis. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it in that moment that this is going to pass, that this is going to be just a moment in my bigger picture of my life. And so it can be very hard to apply these things that we've talked about so far in this program. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode. I want to expand on that video that I made on YouTube because I think it's important that we give ourselves the opportunity to be able to survive these type of moments in our life with a little more grace, with a little more hope, with a little more knowledge that we are stronger than we give ourselves credit for. 
with the knowledge that we can do hard things, with the knowledge that if we look around, we know we have people that will support us somewhere. And if not, then we need to find them. We need to be actively looking for our support system when we don't need it. So when we need it, it is there. When you're in the middle of a crisis, sometimes the emotional pain you feel or the confusion you feel, the betrayal you might feel, the the loss you might feel if it's someone who has, has passed away, or the loss you might feel for a job if you've been laid off or fired. Sometimes those emotions are so strong. And someone coming up to us and saying, yeah, but you know, this, this too shall pass. You want to punch them in the head. <laughs> you just do. But my goal in doing this episode and talking about this is that when you get to that point in life and someone does come up to you and say, this too shall pass, you can look them square in the eye and say, I know, I know, but right now it doesn't feel like it. And so I need some help. This is what I need. This is, these are my boundaries. These are my fences. These are my support groups. This is what I know I'm going to need as far as a timeline. I'm going to give myself some grace right now and just go blow through a whole box of Kleenex because I need to cry this out. Or I'm going to go smash some rocks or scream at the top of my lungs, whatever it is you need to do. These things are important, and this is important to talk about and reflect on and think of because of nothing else. In the moment you're going through something, it'll offer up a little bit of hope for you. And it's that little thread of hope. As small as it may be, it is far from insignificant. That little thread of hope will see you through. And if you can give yourself the gift of considering these things, thinking about these things, talking about these things before you need them, then that little thread of hope will see you through. It will pull you through this crisis. You know, going back to the, the analogy of the ocean and the water and everything else, you don't want to start building a lifeboat when the ship you're on is sinking. That's not the time to build a lifeboat. That's time to go, I know I have a lifeboat and I'm going to go get in it and I'll be okay. It's going to be rough going. There's going to be some some challenges, but I'll, I've, I'm going to be okay. This is that this is that scenario. This is you now building the lifeboat you're going to need in the future, and that's why these kind of conversations are so important. Then I want to ask you to do this for yourself, and to also consider talking to loved ones about this as well, because life is going to offer up those opportunities where you are or someone you love is going to be going through crisis. And it's worth looking into. It's worth talking about. It's worth pondering and considering all of the things we've talked about today. There's great value in being able to be prepared for things like this. Now, it's definitely worth noting everything we have talked about in the last 20 some odd minutes is very general. When working with clients, I work specifically with what they have been through, what they're going through, where they are in life, where they want to go. And if we're talking about crisis or crisis preparedness or anything else, it is a very specific conversation with each individual. I meet them where they are. I hold a space for them to come into safely so we can discuss and talk about 
them specifically. Please do not take this episode on this podcast as being something that is going to be specific and in its entirety for your needs. The goal of these podcasts, the goal of these, the videos that I make and everything else that I do on social media is to get you thinking about how this might apply to you, to hopefully trigger something in you to make you feel like I, I can do that. I need to look into that further. Oh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. And I do this because in the end, I truly feel our life is an amazing opportunity to create meaning and wonderful and amazing experiences. And so often we get derailed or thrown off of that by something that happens to us or around us, near us, or maybe even something that we created for ourselves. And so I truly believe it's important to take a little more of a a stronger approach as to how we can live consciously and not just go day to day, not just feel that we're existing in mediocrity, but to truly enrich our lives, to experience all that it has to offer. So I hope this this episode is, has been of value to you. Like I say with all of my episodes, if this was valuable to you or you know somebody who might gain something from this, please share this. My little podcast here is growing, and I love it. Thank you all for being a part of this experience with me. This is only episode eight. We're eight weeks into this, and already it's growing, and it's you know it's international now. I've got some listeners in Canada, some in in France, you know the U.S., Australia. It's just you know it's growing, it's growing, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to continue to ask for your support. Uh, This is something I do because I enjoy it, and I want to help people. And we can help more people by spreading this around. Share either my website, coachrickschwartz.com. Share this podcast with somebody. It's easy to do within any podcast listener you have, you know, and and see if you can help somebody by sharing this information. You know, my <laughs> my commercials are just me being silly. There's no there's no income in doing this. This is just something that I'm hoping to make a difference in the world, and I hope it's made a difference in your day, made a difference in your life, whether it's this episode or others, and I appreciate you sticking around and subscribing and listening to more episodes, because there's going to be more coming for you. If you'd like to catch up with me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, just search Coach Rick Schwartz, and it'll come up. I promise you that. Or like I said before, you go to my website, coachrickschwartz.com and you can find all sorts of contact information there and if you're interested in seeing if my style of life coaching fits a need you or a loved one may have you can easily book a 30-minute session for free and that session is not anything other than us having a conversation as to why you might need life coaching why do you want to have this conversation and then me telling you how i would approach and work with you and then we get to decide if we think we're a good fit If we're a good fit, we move forward from there in whatever program of coaching we decide it's going to work for you. And if if we decide we're not a good fit, then we move on. No big deal. No hurt feelings. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. I hope whatever day of the week you might be listening to this, it is a good day. And if it's not, well, then I hope tomorrow is going to get even better. And if it is a good day, then I hope tomorrow is still a little better as well. And that next week is even better a little better than that. 
Have a good one, everybody. 